The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Corner with Podcast, episode 247. I am your host, Jared Flint, alongside my co-host, Mr. Matt Ardazzo and Mr. Mason Rutch. Fellas, we have made it. There are only four teams remaining. This is amazing. This has been one of the best tournaments I've ever watched. And, you know, it's it, it like last year, I thought nothing was going to top last year because last year was just out of control. But no, 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 no. This year was superb in every stretch of the word. It was one of my favorite. It's been one of my, I have never like the first two rounds. I kind of more like, eh. but like from the sweet 16 till now, this is why I love college basketball around this time, man. Everything coming down to the buzzer. You got controversial calls here. You've got teams blowing huge leads there. You've got no more number one seeds, no more two seeds, no more three seeds. Oh my God. This is great. You literally have, I think, one team that's left that was ranked in the regular season. I think Miami might have been like 25th. But, like, God, man, I got, you got to love this. I, I'm excited. But, boys, how are we feeling? The Final Four is set. It's Miami takes on UConn. And in the what the fuck, how did we get here bracket, it's San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic. Gentlemen, Start your betting, except for us Connecticut kids, because we can't bet on the Miami-UConn game, which pisses me the fuck off. Thanks, Connecticut. <clears throat> How are we feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, UConn is in the Final Four once again. And, uh, 14 since they But not I'm better at your football's uh it's your football there for basketball. It's uh, UConn's in there. I def- definitely didn't see FAU and uh, San Diego State getting in there, but um, I, it's been a lot of fun this uh, this March Madness, and I'm excited to see this UConn one on Saturday. Very nice. Mace, what are you thinking about this? I know you were enjoying watching Texas lose yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, man. I, I think that was just in general a really good game. Uh, doesn't matter who you were rooting for, even if you were just kind of um, unbiased and were just watching the game because it was um, an Elite Eight game. I mean, that was a fantastic game. The San Diego State-Creighton game was fantastic. That game was back and forth and ended um, in kind of a controversial way. Um, let's see here. but But, yeah, I mean – I'm interested to see how the viewership is affected for the final four. Um, none of the schools being anywhere near Houston, really. Um, and then on top of it, obviously, I guess UConn is like, you know, a pretty story program in terms of basketball, but I don't know how huge their like following is. So it'll be interesting to see how well the, the four teams fans travel. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who wins it all, man. I think at this point, I, I think I think UConn's probably the best team left. Um, they've won every single game they've played by probably 20-plus points. 
So um, it'll just be interesting, man. One of the weirdest tournaments I can remember watching for sure. I can confirm the uh, the Yukon fan base is uh, well represented, uh, cultish like, if you will. Um, they they are very obsessed with their Yukon basketball, so uh, I I would expect the fans and the and the fan base to travel well for them, and especially up here in Connecticut, there you're there's billboards everywhere, Yukon this people all the equipment. There's two roads makes a breeder called Tucon. Uh, it's crazy out here right now, but. Definitely, I've already got guys at my job that are looking at tickets for this coming game. I, I, it makes me want to puke. I, I hate this state. Um, <laughs> go, go Miami, baby. Let, let's rock and rip it, baby. Fuck the Yukon. Let's get it. Oh my god, I'll be that. I'll be wearing my. I'll be wearing all my. I got Miami shorts, Miami shirts. The thing is, it like Miami basketball is like it's my second team. I will fully admit it because everyone knows I'm a Tar Heels fan for basketball, basketball only. It goes back to when I was a little kid. I am Miami for everything else. Baseball, lacrosse, girls, basketball, football, um, soccer, polo. doesn't fucking matter to me. I'm Miami everything. But men's basketball, they are number two to only one school. And so it's kind of weird rooting for your second team. It's kind of like when I watched the Yankees won the World Series in 09. I was like, this is cool. But it's like. I'm still a snakes fan, bro. This sucks. <laughs> so um definitely interested. Um uh, uh my god. Uh so you know what's so funny, Mace? You're talking about ratings and shit. I have a weird feeling, you know, it may not get like the same poll. It's or my well, the thing is this is the highest viewed March Madness yet. Between streams, app, everything else. I it may it, I think it's gonna be around last year. Last year was wild because you had four blue bloods. You had f- a combined total championships between those four schools. I think it was like twenty something titles or like nineteen combined titles. It was ridiculous. It's <clears throat> this one. There's one or no three combined titles. <laughs> All of them are UConn, but it should be fun. It kind of reminds me of the 2011 Final Four where it was like UConn and a bunch of schools who I had no idea why they were there. Um, but I am interested to see right now. I think it's more Miami is visually more appealing than Texas, even though Texas might be a bigger brand. I think Miami's game is more fun. Like Miami can beat UConn, but Texas wasn't going to beat UConn. Because Miami is an uber-aggressive, plays with a shit ton of energy. They kind of remind me of a faster, smaller version of last year's Tar Heels, where they're they're a momentum team. They're going, if they, if you let them get an inch, they'll take a mile. But if you play, if you do what Kansas did, just keep them at arm's length, you'll win. The problem is if UConn lets them get hot, it's over. Um, On the other side of the bracket, I look at San Diego state. Who's just fought tooth and fucking nail for every damn game. What is their margin of error? I mean, their margin of winning less than three per game, or it's like, it's like it's two or three every fucking round. Where you look at um, FI Florida Atlantic, they're winning by like five, six, seven. It makes no sense how they keep winning by this much. So I'll go off on a limb here. I, I that game's going to be weird because I feel like somehow San Diego State they make you play to their style. I think it's said when we were looking at Dougie McBuckets' his dad on the sideline, just like get frustrated with how they play. It's like they're just an aggressive team. 
that just finds ways to score and keep the game close until the end. They make the right shots. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting on both sides. Um, yeah, I think, like we said, the, the Miami-UConn game, I think for sure should be the more competitive one. Um, just because, Bo- I mean, Miami was the best team in the ACC um, in the regular season. They they were the regular season champs in the ACC. UConn has been, you know, talked about all season. But, I mean, I don't really think anyone knows anything about FAU. And then San Diego State is one of those basketball schools that's usually in the tournament. But, um, you know, I mean, hasn't made it this far in, in – I, I mean, it could be ever. I don't really know off the top of my head. But um, going back to that kind of viewership thought, I mean, last year you had UNC versus Duke in what was going to be Coach K's final um, tournament as well. You know, when when they lost, he was going to retire. So I think that kind of added to it. Um, people were definitely tuning in to see if Duke could just win the whole thing. And they, they ended up not winning the whole thing. But, I mean, um, it'll just be interesting. I mean – People tune into the to the final four. Doesn't matter who's playing, but um, I mean, yeah, you think about just like the brands, you know, the four the four teams and they're like sort of associated brands. I mean, other than Miami, man, like I wouldn't say any of those other three teams are very like nationally kind of recognize i mean yukon you know yukon basketball has like a connotation where you like you expect a certain amount of 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 professionalism and not i wouldn't say greatness but like they're good like you like yukon even the yukon scrap teams were always like a fighter yeah san diego state all i can think of steve fisher's retirement job after the big the fab five and Kawhi leonard going So I, I I don't know, FAU to me is that like eighth school in Florida that has over like a, a couple hundred thousand students, but that's that's all I know of. Like, I, and they're the Owls. I think didn't like Butch Davis or like Mario Cristobal coach there for like a year or two or something. Lane um, Kiffin was there for oh, I don't yeah. know. They're like that, or like two maybe in between Ole Miss. Or no, 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 like, no. maybe like the, he was at Bama. I They're can't like remember. The the it's like the G League for uh, D1 coaches who need a rebound after a shitty fire. Yeah, now Tom Herman from Texas is there. Horns down, bitch. Um, uh, no, Tom Herman's going to be like the next head coach of like Mizzou or something like that after this job. It's literally like your bounce back, Greg. Maddie, before we move on from March Madness, um, we'll, I just want to go around the horn group. But I want to get your thoughts. Any other thoughts about this branding before I hit the last couple things? No, I'm uh, I'm excited for the weekend, and uh, I'm I'm going all UConn for this one. I know you're not, but that's what I'm doing. No, because if <laughs> UConn keeps winning, I can't gamble on this. This is bad for me. Okay, <laughs> that is kind of crazy. Miami I mean, UConn could make the national in. championship, and and so what's the rule? Just like if a Connecticut school is playing, you guys can't. So bet on it? if the Connecticut school is playing, I can't gamble on the game. I cannot pick them. So when we got to the Elite Eight, there was eight teams for the future. Nope, seven in Connecticut. You can't gamble on it. It was like the weirdest connotation I've ever seen. For yeah, that's a state. that's very weird. I mean, you would think about the 
you know, the loss that they're going to take by all of the money that they would be taking in if people could bet on. See, I want to just check our rival sports because we are sponsored by DraftKings here at Belly Up. So, like, I have to be partial. I'm going to check the rival sports book and see if they offer a UConn. Because if they offer UConn, I'm going to blow a damn gasket. Let's see. All right. Of course, new terms of use. Why not? I haven't logged into this app in 45 fucking weeks. All right. Um, last thing. Can we talk about how embarrassing Gonzaga is? Can can they just like go into hibernation as a pro- a program? The one year they were relevant is when they had Jalen Suggs had a game winner from half court. I mean, that was bad, man. Um did not watch the whole game. I probably I was at a friend's house and um, they didn't have the game on. So I checked the score with probably five minutes to play in the first half. And I think it, even at that point, it was like already a double digit lead for, um, for UConn. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it just got, yeah, I mean, it was 20 and then it was 25 and, and they just did not, it, it take the foot off the gas the entire game, man. Dude, it was brutal. I mean, I, my boys, he's a UConn grad. He came, he was hanging with me on Friday. He got out of work. He says, Yo, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm chilling, drinking beer, and cooking meal preps. I just wanted to take a weekend off after how brutal I was spending in my birthday weekend. So I'm hanging, watching the games, and he comes over, and we're chilling there on the couch. He, we're, we're, we're watching the games and show. And then one of our boys came over, and it's like the three of us sitting there, and I'm like, and I'm like, I mean, Gonzaga was never even in the game. I know. My boy shows up at halftime. He goes, wait. Yeah. Why aren't y'all watching the game? Why are y'all playing darts? Because it's over, dude. The game's over. (laughs) Right. No, I mean, other than probably the first five minutes of the basketball game where it was, I'm sure, you know, a a possession game Mm -hmm. for a few kind of back and forth. I I mean, that was the only bad game of the weekend. Every other game was awesome. Oh yeah, like K State FAU was unreal. Um, In the San Garden State as well, Creighton was crazy, and Miami just storming back after being down like yeah. fourteen at half. I mean, that nuts. was that was the other thing too, man. Is like, um, you know, Texas got out to that like thirteen point lead, and they, I mean, for a period in time, they could not miss. Like it was like I was, you know, looking at my phone or actually I was doing some homework. And so I was just, you know, I glance up every so often uh, to check the score And like for literally probably 10 real life minutes, not game minutes. Um, every single time I'd look up and Texas would have the ball, someone was scoring. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, even at half, I think it was maybe – maybe an eight or nine point game at the half. And it just felt like, I mean, if Texas comes out and, and, you know, hits a little six Oh run seven Oh run. I mean, this, this might be done, but I mean, that was RIP to you y'all. That was just like Texas. Wasn't it? So typical. Oh, what Texas blow a lead or Texas not be able to pull away an opponent. Oh no. There was a one point though. I was like watching the game. I actually literally, I had, um, I had my everyone knows me and hang high on with me knows I got the split screen set up on my little small screen on the side. I had the game and I had I was playing I started playing Xbox on the big screen. I was like, this is getting ugly. I'll watch it for another five, ten minutes. 
I go to take it. I go to grab a beer. I come back and I'm like, oh fuck, they scored like five unanswered. I was like, oh shit, I start watching. And Miami just kept scoring. I'm like, and you know what the thing is? They didn't hit a single three the second half. And I was, I'm like, this team literally aerial bombarded Houston. Also, by the way, Houston fans talking mad shit on Twitter after they're were kicking after we beat that beat them by 15 was his after that Miami beat them by 15 was hysterical. I'm like. Y'all are so petty because y'all are relevant in a sport, finally. I mean, like, you, Houston football is okay, but they're never going to be really that team. But I mean, that was another game, man, where, you know, U of H had it within reaching distance at the half, and then Miami just kind of came out at the beginning of the second half, that. man. Went on it's a little run. They got that, energy. They just that don't it, stop dude. running. That was it, yeah. I mean – yeah, I think Miami UConn will definitely be the game of the weekend. Um, I mean, I hope it's not better than the national championship, but I mean, both these teams are, you know, UConn. Like I said, they've blown out every single team they've played, and um, you look at the teams that Miami's beaten to get to where they are now. You know, I mean, it's, it's impressive. Slashing, you know, slashing crack, uh, clawing, and scratching their whole way up there. The one thing I'll say though. Is I, I kind of agree with you is that if Miami UConn stays close, UConn, I UConn is good, better hope they get a big lead and they get it fast. They kill their momentum because if Miami get stays al- alive with them, they could blink and it's already they're down by five and then down by six. Because Miami, you know what they remind me of? Oh, was it what was that team? Um, remember what was it? The the Duke team that won a few years ago with like Tyus Jones and Jaleel Okafor. They would stay close in games until like the middle, of the the second second half, and then just explode for points. And you're yeah. like, wait, when the fuck? Wait, what? Like, how this happened? They remember they put away Kentucky and Wisconsin like it was a joke. For so sure. that's what they remind me of. Where it's just like, or, or um, 2017 uh, North Carolina when they had uh, Cameron Johnson and Justin Jackson, like, and you'd look at Joel Berry, you'd look up and they'd hit five threes, and you're like, wait, when? How are we down? What happened? They like the flash scoring it. It's crazy. And where UConn just they're just athletic. They play like a team and they just attack the basket and they just make good shots. But enough about college ball, fellas. We all know why this show pays the bills, or at least hopefully might one day. Um it's a football <laughs> show. So first off, apparently, according to Lamar Jackson, a trade was five he asked for a trade March 2nd. Now We've talked about this with every guest we've had on since March 1st that Lamar wants to be traded. Does this change your mind about anything at all going forward for this year? Or are you guys sticking pat with what you said, I think it was two weeks ago when Frank was on the show? Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about it before. I, if you're going to trade him, I, I think it's going to – your baseline is going to be the Matt Stafford trade and then some. Like I, I could see two first – I could see like three extra draft picks after that between second and thirds and and whatnot. I, I, it's going to be a haul no matter what it is. No matter what anybody says, it's not going to be just two firsts. It's going to be a haul. Um, I, I don't really see him playing anywhere else besides Baltimore this year. Um, I just, I don't you. know, just there's, it's, it's tough because I, I would love to go get Lamar right now. Um, <laughs> it's going to, the way that my team would be strapped with draft capital and also just with money from what he's going to need to be paid. 
Um, I think that's the biggest thing holding it up is that people are like, I don't want to give this guy 200 plus million dollars guaranteed money, but also have to give up like five to six draft picks for him. I, I, it's a weird situation for Baltimore too, because they could be holding on to something that they're going to inevitably, inevitably just have to let walk away. But I don't see anywhere else right besides the, the Ravens for him this year. It's whether he chooses to play for them or not. What do you think, Mace? I, I would agree with that last part, Matt. I think with that tweet that he put out today or the series of tweets, um, yeah, I mean, he basically, you know, that was essentially saying to everyone in the Ravens front office and the general manager, um, trade me or I'm sitting. Like, I'm, I'm sitting out the whole year um, and then I'll just leave for free. Um, I'll, I'll leave and there's nothing you can do about it. You don't get any kind of compensation for me. Um, and then I also agree with the point where it's just, it's a lot. I mean, um, I think the asking price that's, that's getting rumored around, you know, I think that Stafford kind of price, Matt, is like definitely a good benchmark um, to kind of expect. But, um, I, I mean, you know, if that's the price, I don't know who's giving that up. And then, you know, on top of the fact that he's wanting all this money guaranteed, um, if the, you know, if it was one or the other, then maybe, you know, you could possibly see him playing somewhere else sooner rather than later. But I think with that kind of, just like the the price combined with the the absolutely you know the all that money being guaranteed being necessary for him um i just yeah i mean he's either going to play in baltimore for one more season and then he's going to leave um or they're just going to tell him look man like we we can't find a team that is willing to um you know, give us all that capital, man. Like, sorry, but, but, you know, you're out of luck. Like, you know, you either play for us or don't. We've won. I heard an interesting take. Um, you know, I, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, the Ravens have won before Lamar and they'll probably be very successful after. True. It. Um, Baltimore's a, you know, I said it, a, I guess it was last week on one of last week's show. Either the, you know, most well-run organization in the NFL or, or at least top three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone would agree with that. And so I guess they, they maybe an just feel like... That's what you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, they, they feel like they can, you know, they drafted this dude at the end of the first round and, you know, he was an MVP in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, who's stopping them from doing it again? Yeah, no, and, and I and agree It's, with it's a really fair point, yeah. to be honest. So I, mean, I think he's traded draft night i he's actually one of my trades on draft night literally i put next to the trade i said lamar for a both that's literally what i wrote on my notes because that's what it's going to take to get him because the ravens know that they have an asset and now that he's going to be traded they won't get as much as they they wanted because now that their hands forced publicly they have to move him lamar is playing lamar's had enough he goes guys like this isn't working you guys don't get it i don't want to play for you guys trade me right and so the Ravens realize it's it's a dead weight. Like, what are they going to start Snoop Huntley again and basically go seven and ten? Like, they, they know they can't roll with that. Harbaugh knows it, so their best chance 
It was trade him to the team I have hit them trading to, who's picking in the top 10. Go get a quarterback. Get Desmond Ritter in the trade. Oops, I may have leaked who I'm having the trade to. And um, just see what's going on. Have a three-team leave or whatever young quarterback's available. But, like, I don't think... Like, I think the Patriots is a great spot for him. But the team I have him picking, just it makes... It's like that, like, sleeper team. They've been kind of quiet... They were that team on the list. I was like, oh, we're not interested. It's like, yeah, okay. I, I believe you. I really do. But um, either way, I just think Lamar, I think this you can't repair this. It's over. Yeah, it's it, it, especially with that tweet that he put out today. I mean, he essentially said, dude, like, you know, obviously none of these teams wanted to um, make the commitment on the, on the tag, um, on the, what is it? I guess it was non-exclusive, right? Yeah, non-exclusive. So basically, the rules of non-exclusive are simple: this two first, guy, right? you, know, you can match it two first, whatever it is. But also, there's that hidden clause where if they don't play by week ten, they're automatically released. Which I think is the coolest thing. I've heard that from like three different sources now. So like, I'm kind of like, if this is true, that's actually kind of a nice little out by the NFL to give the players like a walk away if it's not a problem. But yeah, I don't. Um, I mean. I guess people kind of saw this relationship as, um, you know, irreparable weeks ago. But I mean, I think now it's it's um, it's almost certain. I mean, there's just no way that this dude plays for them. Like he just feels probably very disrespected and feels like the organization has been very noncommittal on his future um, with the team and. You know, hey, man, uh, you can't fault the guy. I mean, because if anyone else was in that situation, I'm sure they'd be feeling the same way. I mean, if you guys aren't committed to um, achieving success together, then, well, look, you're wasting my time. You're wasting your own time. Um, Get me to a team who is, you know, financially and willing to put the pieces around me to, to win it all. True. And you know what's another thing? I, I just got an update. I got a text from a buddy of mine, a Philly connection I have, but I also got a te- I also got the update as well. Reportedly, Howie was talking to some reporters and he goes, yeah, we're going to extend Jalen very, very soon. And you know what's funny? I think Howie wanted to wait to see what the Lamar thing did because I guarantee him, the Chargers, and the Bengals were all looking at this Lamar situation like, all right, we got to watch ourselves here because if we don't pull the trigger at the right time, it's going to hurt our cap. And her our team chemistry where Jalen Hurts apparently has been very willing. They want to make a deal work. They want to not kill the cap reportedly. Like he wants a team, not like a Brady level deal, but something closer to a Brady, less like a Deshaun Watson, where it's a little more like team friendly because he, uh, Jalen apparently he wants to win. He would rather win and just kill it on endorsements and get back in whatever it is. I, I, I'm not in the room. I don't know. But that's the vibe people are getting. Apparently, Howie says he's going to get his lucrative extension really soon. So I guarantee the second Lamar's dealt, that contract gets announced, and we're we're done with that. So I guarantee Lamar is. I think Lamar's biggest problem was he played his market. He's made the wrong decision at every turn. He should have taken the extension last year because looking back now, compared to the offers he's gotten, amazing. He's not Deshaun Watson. <clears throat> Deshaun well, Watson at his top bet at his best is better than Lamar Jackson. Oh, now that that's no, a different Deshaun different Watson at his on. best. That's, that's a different argument for a different day. He will day, never get back to his best. I don't think he will. 
I think the year off killed him. But when he was as Deshaun Watson won an MVP. Okay, no. let's be honest. All right, he, he's never I played just, at an MVP uh, level in his entire career. How did that MVP season last in the playoffs? I mean, so. Well, first one, I get. I mean, I how like, many playoff games has Deshaun won? One, I think. Three. No. Every he's, he's won the Bills. And I can't think of any other game. He won two in twenty twenty. Hmm? He won two in the twenty twenty season as well. All right. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, Lamar. Besides the unanimous MVP, Lamar Watson's resumes aren't that different. Stats wise, they're different completely because they're two different style of players. But when you look at their resume, besides you take out the unanimous MVP, because Los Angeles had a great season. But also, like every, I'm not saying that nobody else had a great season. I'm saying Lamar was the clear favorite because he not only won with the highlights, with the record, with the play. He just it felt right to get the MVP, like Mahomes in 2019. Or not 2019, or was it uh, 2018? Mahomes won MVP. It was. It was one. I can't remember if it was. It was whatever it was. The same after thing, or it was before. Like, it was just like Mahomes, where it was like it was a perfect storm. Everything looked great. He was right there. Awesome. So what I'm saying is with Lamar. There's no disrespect, but I just I look at Lamar and I'm like, all right, dude, you have to prove that you could win without using your legs, or at least be like. You don't have to be like Jalen, or be like Justin, or be like Joe. Just show me you can go 25 for 30 for 38 and maybe 350 against a decent defense. Listen, trade into a team with some weapons. Atlanta's got weapons. Just trade him to, or trade him to fucking New England, who might get hop. Just like show it, I will give Lamar all the respect in the world. He's got to show me he can beat a defense without you having to use his legs every five seconds to bail him out. Like Jalen, yes, used his legs a lot, but it was more like, okay, nobody's open. Fuck it, I'm gonna run it. And like a lot of these, and I'm seeing a lot of the progression of these, some of these mobile quarterbacks. As much as I bust Kyler's balls, you tell Kyler he can't leave the pocket or he can't go across the line of scrimmage, dude's going to drop back and rip it and sling it. He doesn't care. Same thing with Jalen. Same thing with Justin. Same thing with J- J- uh, Joe Burrow. <clears throat> same thing with Deshaun. These guys will sit back, lock and rock and rip. They're, they're, they're not looking to run. So I want to see him in a run enthusiastic, but not run in run enforced system. I don't know. But um I don't know. I just I, the whole Lamar thing, I just want it to be settled. I'm gonna talk about it when we go to our mock drafts in about five minutes, but I uh <clears throat> it's this whole situation, I just want it to end, man. Cause I'm, I'm it's like the Le'Veon Bell situation the first year. I'm sick of it. I'm done. I, I don't care anymore. Just trade this motherfucker somewhere and let's be on get on with it. Like I love Lamar as a person. I'm just done hearing about this freaking story. I don't know. I can you just can never say never. I mean, look at Debo Samuel. We all thought he was a sure thing to get out of San Francisco, and they figured that thing out. I just, uh, I just don't know if I'm going to see a team get the compensation that they want, with also having to give him the contract that he wants. But if he's not moved on draft day, I think he's the week one. Not saying he's going to start like he's going to play, but he's going to be on the roster week one. Fair. Um, apparently, uh, Zeke might return to the Cowboys. Yeah, so much for that wish list. Right? I think you see that's just like he once you mentioned the the uh, Eagles, I think Mike McCarthy was like banging down Stephen Jones' door. I do not want to see him in a green jersey punching in the end zone every time. Uh Jets and Giants are the two favorites for OBJ. 
Um, I do not want to watch any of Nat nice, Jolie's, uh, Nate Jolie's content on Bleacher Report. That man is dead to me after some of the takes I saw him have. He's a Connecticut boy. I don't care. Wow. He's dead to me. I followed him after one of the takes. I'm like, dude, you you actually suck. <clears throat> um, yeah, more yeah. Lamar shit. I'm reading through. Two, I'm looking through my uh, my feet. Um, Ayuk apparently drawing trade interest. The Texans apparently offered a package to the fucking Ravens. Anything's possible, fellas. This this meek. I mean, it's meek Texas. Just another smoke screen. I ain't talking any more Lamar Jackson shit until something happens. Okay, let's let's let, fellas. You ready to talk some mock draft? Ready to do this? I'm always ready for that. All right, this is from rock music. All right, here we go. Mason, you're up first. I want to hear this mock draft read from you. The Ty Schmidt, Chris Collinsworth hybrid yourself. All right, yeah, just to just to, to preface, um, didn't know that we were going so in-depth, so there are no trades. In, if I could redo it, I would have trades because, I mean, there's obviously going to be trades um, for these Listen, first Listen, if you want to throw a trade trades. in there now, I'm not going to judge you. Just send me a new copy for Instagram tomorrow. I don't care. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, I'll get into it. Okay, so number one, as we know, was originally uh, Chicago. They traded with Carolina um, for a slew of picks. So we've got Carolina at one. I think this is pretty clear cut. Um, you know, I think they take Bryce Young here, despite the size kind of worries, despite the height the frame, um, everything to do with Bryce Young. I think they, they go ahead and take the consensus best quarterback in the draft with this choice. Um, you know, they've added a lot of weapons this offseason for whoever they take. Um, and I just, I don't think they second guess themselves with this pick. I think they make the safe choice and take Bryce Young. Fair. Uh, moving on to the second pick. So we've got the Texans here, kind of in a similar situation as Carolina, except for that they haven't. They made some nice moves on offense. You know, they picked up Dalton Schultz. Uh, they moved off of um, Brandon Cooks. They brought in Robert Woods. So, you know, and they do have the 12th pick, uh, which they will probably use, I would imagine, to take another skill position offensive player. Uh, so they also go quarterback here. I have them taking C.J. Stroud, uh, who is the more, I think a lot of people would agree, he's the more pro-style quarterback. He is listed at 6'3", 218. Um, you know, we know what this dude is capable of. He can use uh, his legs. He's got a massive arm. Uh, he can make any throw on the field. Highly, highly capable player. Um yeah, I don't think you need to say much more about him. All right, so moving on at three. Go um, ahead. You cut me. I was about to say it. We're gonna go rotation wise. This way, it keeps everyone on their toes. Okay. Because I, I as much as I would want to hear you just go, because I can yeah. listen to you for no, two that's hours probably a... Yeah, this way it keeps the energy going. Yeah. So for sure. we'll just do our first two, and then you'll lead off with your number three pick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. Number one, I actually am going different than you. I'm flipping picks. I'm going C.J. Stroud to Carolina. The Josh McCallum comments, I've started to learn after coming to the NFL draft now for 15 years, semi-professionally in college, in, in high school. 
now considering myself a minor leagues level pro now i've been covering this i watch enough film there are some of you said these little smelly rumors like a little like oh josh mccown going hey where you living in carolina or whatever the fuck he said to him that says it off to me and also i just it, it stroud to carolina just sounds right it looks right the fact that the fucking owner was there oh yeah no no he, it, it's it's a done deal stroud's going number one um all this talk about a rich or bryce young it ended up being the most talented quarterback in the draft class I love C.J. Stroud. I've said it before. My pro comp to him is he's very Aaron Rodgers-like. Not Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers-like. A lot of similar skill sets. Cannon arm, good good improviser, doesn't like to run if he doesn't need to. Can throw the ball on a rope, has an absolute bazooka, and is a good leader. My number two pick is Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young to the Texans has been forecasted for five fucking years. Here's the best part about it, though. Bryce Young and the guy who they're going to draft... I have a 13, wink, wink, is going to definitely help his draft stock. Also, Nico Collins, big physical receiver. Bryce can just lob it up to him, let him go get the ball. They also have two good running backs that will allow them to stretch the field, keep the pass rush off it. Also, they just re-signed Laramie Tunzel. The Texans look less and less like a bad team, and if they get Young or even Stroud in this in this number two pick, they automatically become, to me, a seven or eight win team. And if they catch a couple good bounces, maybe they get a, have a couple like sleepers in the draft. They could maybe sneak in as like that one of those last teams out in the AFC because I feel like the AFC is very top heavy this year, and I feel like the AFC East is going to beat the hell out of each other, and one of those teams is going to go like five and eleven or five and twelve. So I have Bryce Young. My pro comp to him is like a smaller, more like brain right, like a brainier Russell Wilson, where it's like. Yeah, he has the improvisation skills, but he'll rather improvisation skills, but he'll rather just sit back and sling. So, I brush on going uh, two. Maddie, who's your one two? Uh, with the same trend that you were talking about I, with the Panthers, um, you know, if it was any other coach or any other higher up guy that made those comments that McCown made, I probably would have thought they were just smokescreen, not taking them too seriously. But McCown being like a one two year coach. Like rookie mistakes, I think it was pretty genuine. I have CJ Stroud going to the Panthers number one. Um, and I mean, he's got some weapons with him too. I mean, he's got Adam Thielen, they just got DJ Chark. Um, he's got some, you know, Miles Sanders and um, Chuba Hubbard at the running back position. They still need a lot of work, but I think Stroud's the best quarterback available of that draft. And I think that's who they take number one. And then number two, the Texans. Surprisingly to me, like you were saying, the team that I think has just kind of slowly gotten better. Um, maybe a little quietly gotten better, like Dalton Schultz. Um, like you said, Nico Collins is a very physical receiver. Um, hopefully this, the health status of John Mechie is improving. They got a good running back group. Um, they're, they're building an offensive line. Larry Tunzel is a big piece in that, and I think they go Bryce Young with that one to add a young quarterback to that group. So number one and number two for me is pretty similar to you, Stroud to Panthers and Young to Texans. Okay. Um, number three, Mace, you're on the clock. So we've got Arizona here, um, and I think they just kind of go best available. Um, you know, it's it's uncertain what Kyler Murray's kind of situation is looking like. They even said before um, the Super Bowl that they're not sure when he's going to return next year. Um, so they're going to need to, you know, take someone at this choice who um, – you know, fans are going to like someone who's going to sell tickets. Uh, so I have them taking Will Anderson out of Bama here. Um, 
big kid, 6'4", 243. Um, you know, his pro comp is Vaughn Miller. Um, you know, a very versatile player who can, you know, like Von Miller, kind of drop into that linebacker spot if you need him to, um, or can can stay on that edge, that that front three or four. Um, very talented. Yeah. I, I don't think they overthink this one. They just go best available. Will Anderson at three. There you go. I am going also with Will Anderson at three. Like you said, sell tickets. And also, listen, Chandler Jones is getting up there. As much as I love Marcus Golden as a good number two, um, Chandler Jones ain't there anymore. So they need another pass rusher. And I love how I caught myself mid-sentence. I'm like, wait a minute, CJ's up in Oakland. I'm like, like, how can I forget about the Patriots' best play of the entire season? Um, sorry, Mace. I know that still hurts. Uh, still the best text chain I ever received ever in a on driving home from work. Um, or not driving home from a dinner. But, yeah, no, they haven't had a dominant pass rush. They've lost J.J. It makes too much sense. As much as I think Jalen Carter is the superior player right now, or maybe, over, I don't even know. I think Jalen Carter to me is weird. I can't figure him out. But I like Will Anderson. He's been the number one player since day one. Give me Will Anderson going to the Cardinals. No pro comp here. He's just a freak. Um, rush. Arizona has a lot of holes they need to fill. They they need a lot of help on offense, whether it's the line, the receivers, the running back. They need a lot of defensive help. Um, like you were saying, J.J. Watt's retired. They don't have Chandler Jones anymore. Marcus Golden is a nice a nice piece to have on defense, but it's not somebody that I want to be my every down, every single day top edge rusher on my roster. Um I also have them going Will Anderson. I think they go best available, and I think taking a top edge rusher at number three is the best option for them right now. And, and like I said, they have a lot of holes they need to fill, but this is at least one hole that can plug up with Will Anderson, who gives me a lot of Khalil Mack-type vibes, just somebody that's just very physical all over the place, can make plays wherever you need him to be. Um, just somebody that I think is going to be very reliable on defense for whatever team takes him. And I think I got him going to three at, um, at Arizona. There you go. Mace, number four. Four. So uh, this is Indianapolis at the moment. Um, kind of in that same spot as Carolina and Houston, man. Uh, they need a quarterback. Uh, they need the quarterback of the future for the team. Um, they've strung together a couple free agent. Um, yeah, I mean, shoot, if we if you want to go back far enough, I mean, ever since Andrew Luck retired, man, they've just kind of been stringing together uh, free agent, you know, aging quarterbacks that they've just signed a one or two year deals or traded for them. Hey, um, and they have not really Eagles dumpster. <laughs> well, fools too. Yeah. I kind of forgot about him, but yeah, Foles, that's another Lance and Minshew. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they go and get a guy who, uh, is a project, but is going to sort of solve that long-term, quarterback of the future kind of question uh so i have them taking anthony richardson here you know we all saw this dude's combine uh you, you we all saw the highlights i mean he's just a freak man um ex- in- incredibly incredibly raw at the moment um definitely needs to sit for at least a year i think most people would say two um, before he really kind of comes into his own and, and is able to 
um, kind of lead an NFL, a successful NFL team. But, um, you know, 6'4", 232, man, and this, this guy can move. He can make any throw. Um, it's just the fact that he's very raw right now. And, I mean, if he wasn't as raw, if he would have played at Florida for probably one more year, um, and Caleb Williams and Drake May would not be in the in the successive draft class. I mean, I think this dude's the number one overall pick, no question. Um, if he didn't stay at Florida, <laughs> yeah. So so Richardson to Indianapolis at four, and they kind of get that QB of the future that they've been looking for since Luck um, retired years ago. Fair. All right, I, I'm gonna agree with you, A. Rich. Um, dude's the most ta- dude is like he's Vince Young meets Cam Newton meets a little Randall Cunningham. Like it's just he's a freak, man. He's just a freak. I'll even throw a little Andrew Luck in there. Like there's some moments of like he just drops the ball in the bucket from 60, and you're like, holy crap! And then he's gonna airmail a pass the next play. Actually, no, I'll take that back. Not he's Josh Allen meets A. Rich meet no josh allen meets randall cunningham meets vince young that's his perfect that's that's who he reminds me of he's like he's like a little of each not as much cam newton i don't like the cam newton comp he's not a power runner he's gonna try to outrun you like vince young or or, uh he's got long strides like josh allen he's got a cannon arm the accuracy's shaky and he's just he's got wiggle like cunningham why i like a rich here is because shane steichen's proven he can work with mobile quarterbacks a la my dog jalen hurts also, you've got Gardner Minshew knows Steichen's offense by heart. I honestly think he'll be playing by week 10 because Minshew's going to have a five-interception game. Injure Jim Mercy like, hey, brother, I'm tired of losing games. We're not selling seats. Get him in. So, yeah, I got A. Rich going at four. Matty, who you got going to the Colts? Oh, man, well, I'm sure one pick will have something different between the three of us, but I'm sticking with Richardson right now with the Colts. Um Another team that has a lot of a lot of holes to fill. I mean, I can't remember the last time they actually had like a, oh, a serviceable tight end. I'm about to say that's what she I said. Mean, I'm look, like, I'm I can't just... hold off. The, I mean, like Dallas Clark's probably the last tight end that the Colts have had. I mean, I know they had Jack Doyle and Colby Fleener and Eric Ebron, and you know, I don't know why this guy's having a good time over there. I don't know. <laughs> he needs to breathe a little bit. Well, anyways, they got uh, they they're they're gonna add Anthony Richardson. I mean, them and the them and the Raiders, not two of the brightest franchises, but I think the Colts here make the smart decision to go Anthony Richardson at four. He's a project, in my opinion. I don't think he's gonna be something that's gonna jump out the gate and be like a clear as day franchise number one guy. I think it might take about a year for him to kind of settle in. And I mean, you look at their offense. I mean, Michael Pittman's a very good, very talented receiver. He's not a number one, but he's a very, very good high end number two. They have that rookie from last year. I'm blanking on his name. I think it's like Alex something. I Alec can't remember Pierce, his name. Right? Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce. Alec yep. Pierce. Yeah. Alec Pierce. So they, they they got some they got some okay weapons on offense. I need to build on that, but I think they take their quarterback of the future, and Anthony Richardson, go through maybe a little tough year one, but give him some time after that. I think he's going to flourish into a pretty good quarterback for them. One note I'll think about the Colts is I have them moving up in round two to go get uh, Josh Downs out of uh, North Carolina. As kind of their in-between guy with Pittman and Pierce. Because I feel like that's a perfect mm-hmm. combo to the two of them. So now, boys, now that we've got us at the top four, we're going to start doing it. Everyone remembers the 25-second game, right? 
This is the third mace. You're the master of this game, brother. I got you, man. So we're going to do 30 seconds on the clock. you got 30 seconds to tell me why the Seahawks are drafting the drafting. Here we before go. I hey. start, before I start, I think that, you know, for pretty much everyone, they've got the same four guys. You know, the yeah. order might be different for one and two. Um, but I think everyone kind of sees the same thing with the top four, man. Right. I mean, the needs for Carolina, Houston, Indianapolis, they all need quarterbacks. They're all going to go quarterbacks. And then Arizona, you know, they're not taking a QB, man. I mean, Kyler is... If I see somebody put another QB in that mock draft, I'm like, you just get your head yeah. in. I know Kyler's a bonehead, but like, <laughs> he just got a new contract. Yeah. All right. All right, five. Clock, you ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so... Five, we've got Seattle here. Um, I think they take Kyrie Wilson out of Texas Tech, the Texas A&M transfer. Um, probably, like I said, you know, some people have got Jalen Carter here. Some people have got Wilson here. Just depends on who you like better. I think with all of the off-field, you know, extracurriculars with Carter is going to be the reason why he goes uh, later in this draft. Wilson to Seattle at five. Nice. I agree with you. I love Tyree Wilson. Honestly, if he fell a little farther, I would love for Philadelphia to try to maybe move Derek Barnett for like a tire iron, maybe a spare tire, maybe a couple packs of Mountain Dew. Just get him off of the roster and go get Tyree Wilson to work behind BG and um and the boys. But here's the thing. Tyree's a freak athlete. He was a top recruit at Texas A&M. I love the fact he transferred out to get more reps. Um, yeah, great fit here. The CLC could not rush the passer last year. Maddie, you're on the back, go. I am, I am also sticking on defense on that side of the ball for Seattle, but I'm not going edge. Um, the Seattle Seahawks defense has not been the same since the Legion of Boom has been gone. Tyreek Woolen came in last year and has been a fantastic corner for them. Arguably, one of the best rookies, obviously, last year could be one, could be two, depending on who you go for. Um, I think they add to that cornerback group and they take Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. The only reason I'll disagree with that is because they do like Mike Jackson. They do like Kobe White. I mean, Kobe Bryant. That's the only reason they won't like do it because they, they they like their dudes. I think that the, the biggest problem with them, and I will reiterate this, is I think they finished 29th in pass rush last year. I think Jamal Adams was tied for the lead, their team leading sacks. And I think as, as much as coverage yeah. sacks are great, just ask uh, the Eagles how that went this year. Like, I just – I think that – Christian Gonzalez I could see only because he's just a freak athlete and, like, taking him to go with Woolen, like, you'll have the fastest receipt defensive back core in the league. I just think they're going to see um, Wilson sitting there like, oh, God, they're going to start frothing him out. They're the one sleeper team I have taking Carter. If I don't, it, but the team I have taken Carter is up in two picks. All right, Mace, I have rambled. You're on the clock. Who are the Lions taking at six? Yeah, so Lions at six here. I have them just taking Jalen Carter. Um, they've got, you know, I, this has been very, very clear all of last year. Uh, they really, really lacked in the pass rushing department. Um, and so this is a perfect ad here. They get a, a front three, front four guy who's very talented, um, and, you know, maybe get him a little cheaper than they probably would because, I mean, if he if he doesn't have this whole, you know, drinking and driving incident, whatever it was, um, I mean, shoot, man, we could be talking about him going uh, to Arizona at three. 
So it was legal racing technically, but okay. Uh, Carter to Detroit. The D, the D D on there. Yeah, I got you, Carter. The Seahawks. I agree, Carter. The Seahawks. I mean, of the Lions. Here's the thing: they also couldn't stop the run last year. Right. Their their run stopper was my dog out of OSU. Um, what was it? The Cowboy. What was his freaking name? I know who you're talking about. I can't Malcolm remember. Rodriguez. That's who it was. Right, right, right. Um, Rodriguez was awesome. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Whatever. Yeah, Rodrigo. Whatever. Dude, he was awesome <laughs> on hard knocks. And again, he was the only guy in that defense besides Hutchinson. Who I even looked at him like, oh, okay. They did lose a corner to the Giants who everyone's hyping up as like the next Brad Bear. I'm like, all right, guys, let's see him actually play a snap outside of Detroit. Um, I also think Jeff Akuda is a good number two corner. I think they're going to draft their number one later in the first round. But Jalen Carter, you can't pass him up here. The only team I could see him, I could see him going for the next three picks. Like, I can see him go all the way down to Philadelphia 10 and being taken. Like, he's one of those guys where, like, it's going to be like um, Isaiah Simmons a few years ago where, like, somebody doesn't need him, but they're going to take him anyway. I think they go get their Ndamukong Sue-esque player back here. And I went way over, and I'm sorry. Matt, you're up. Go. All right, well, Detroit. Uh, so I got Jalen Carter once again slipping down in the draft a little bit further. I have the Detroit Lions going with your guy's fifth selection, Tyree Wilson. Um, they got a defense last year was not looking good until the end of the year when they started to put it together. But they have Anzalone, they got Rodrigo, they got Aiden Hutchinson. I think they put um, Tyree Wilson on the other side of them. And then they, they I think they paired up Cam Sutton with um, Okuda. Uh, so defense is getting better, but I think they add to that pass rush and take Tyree Wilson at six. Nice. All right, Mace, who's going seven? Okay, so we've got Vegas here. Um, I know that they signed Jimmy G, but obviously, as we know, Jimmy G is not the long-term solution uh, to this problem. Uh, so I have them taking Will Levis at seven to the Raiders, uh, six, three, two 32. I mean, probably I, I still think people would say he's got the best arm or the biggest arm, uh, in this draft of the quarterbacks. Um, you know, maybe he sits for a year. Uh, maybe he sits for two. I don't know. I have Las Vegas getting Will Levis here at seven. Okay. See, I have them taking Hendon Hooker in the second round. So, I ended up passing on that, and I have him showing up that abysmal secondary, helping Hobbs out and taking the meanest cornerback I have seen in the draft is Marlon Humphrey. Oh, my God, I love Devin Witherspoon. I wish – this is the only reason I wish we didn't bring back Slayer Bradbury is because I love Devin Witherspoon that much. This dude is a mean, nasty little Tasmanian devil out of Illinois. This guy hits like – this guy – you know what he reminds me of? He hits like Asante Samuel, where he's going to try to take your block off. So, I love it. Perfect fit. Matthew, go. All right. Well, the Raiders, I also have them taking a quarterback. They're going to be going Stetson. Bet now, I'm joking. They're not doing that. So, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, <laughs> three rest. years, $72,750,000. He's going to be making an annual salary of $24.250 million per year. Obviously, right now, that is not starter money per year. That is nowhere near starter money. Um, in reality, that translates to short-term fix, like Mason was saying. I also have Will Levis right here. I like Will Levis. I'm not a big fan of him going top 10, 
but I think that's what's going to wind up happening. We'll see how that goes. He shouldn't have any issues with that offense in in Vegas minus Darren Waller, but give me Will Levis. There you go. Mace, what you got for me? All righty. Atlanta at eight. I have them taking Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State here. Kind of see him as that player that you described Devin Witherspoon being, Jared. Um, Because of his pop Physical. um, Not afraid to absolutely rough you up at the line. Um, He's got incredible ball skills. Really good size. uh, 6'2", 194 here on this kid. Um, You know. One of the best corners in the Big Ten last year, if not the best. Um, this is this is a dude that's going to start for you immediately um, and is going to take away one of the opposing team's best or second best receiver. Uh, so I've got Porter Jr. to the Falcons at eight. Very nice. All right. I With the next pick, I have the Falcons taking. Oh, shit, we got a trade! All right, yeah, I had to do that. Okay, the Atlanta Falcons are trading a a boatload of picks plus Desmond Ritter to the Baltimore Ravens for Lamar Jackson and a fifth-round pick next year. I think that was the only way I was able to get the trade to work on PFF. Anyway, so with that little Lamar Jackson saga ends, he goes to Atlanta, and we have the Falcons and the Ravens taking Will Levis out of Kentucky. They like their big, strong, not mobile quarterbacks. Were a little weird and awkward. Uh, this he's Joe Flacco esque, big, strong arm. It works. I love it. The Ravens get their quarterback. They get him for a bargain. They get rid of the Desmond Ritter thing, so Ritter can be possibly the answer in Baltimore if he beats out Levis. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Um, I think this ends the Baltimore Ravens saga. Harbaugh goes. Okay, I have Snoop. I have Desmond Ritter, and I have Levis. Somebody's going to win me eight games here and keep my job alive. Maddie, I like that. Uh, I like that everything you just did. <laughs> it was, that was that was good. I have a completely different uh, train of thought right now going on for this pick. Um, I'm going to have my first offensive tackle come off the board and say the Falcons take Peter Skaronski. Skaron- I think yeah. that's how you say that from Northwestern. Um, last year, the Falcons had surprisingly a top 10 offensive line. I think they were ranked 10th. Um, and right now, they I, I would assume right now it's looking like they're endorsing Desmond Ritter unless they go with your idea with the trade right now, obviously. But I think they're going to try and spruce up some more protection for him just to keep him safe. I know he's got a couple weapons on offense. They got they need a lot of work. They need a lot of add a lot of things to that. Um, but right now, I think they go offensive line, keep that going. Nice. Mace, who are the Bears taking at nine? Chicago at nine. I've got Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Um, this dude, I, I don't know how many people know, but he is 20 years old. Um, so he's one of the younger players in the draft, um, entering early. Um, you know, and pretty much everything for Chicago is bad right now. Um, almost in every single position, they suck. So anything at this point is like an upgrade for them. Um, and this guy has the potential to be a number one corner. Uh, so Christian Gonzalez to Chicago at nine. You said everything I was going to say because I think I copied your homework at this point. Christian Gonzalez, I looked at on the mock draft before. I looked at Mason's because he sexed it to me first. 
and I literally sat there. I was doing my mock draft, and I was like, you know what? Gonzalez works because I think Witherspoon's a better fit for Chicago's MO, but the problem is he won't be there. I'm like, oh, Gonzalez, freak athlete, corner, can cover, can do man-to-man, can play zone. Young as hell, he can keep him under contract for a while. So it works. I, I completely agree. I like Gonzalez to the Bears at nine. Maddie, we got the Bears going with. I have Jalen Carter finally ends his little slip in the draft and goes number nine to the Chicago Bears. I think they add to the defensive line um, with um, uh, why am I blanking on the big, big linebacker they just got in free agency? If you guys know what I'm talking about, I, I'm blanking on the guy's DJ name. Like, I know they let Roquan go to ball. They got Edwards mm. and Edmonds. Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds. They got two linebackers. I'm still they got two pro linebackers. Okay. I still feel like I'm missing something, but anyways, or they made a uh, made a trade or something. I don't know, but anyways, I got them taking Jalen Carter, sprucing up that defensive line. Um, I feel like they want to get back to their old roots, like the '85 Bears type defense. So give me Jalen Carter going nine to the Chicago Bears to add some defense uh, defensive help for them. Very nice. All right, Mason, who my birds taking at ten? Ten. Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, I have them taking Miles Murphy, the D lineman out of Clemson here. Um, you know, fantastic prospect. And, uh, you know, they're, they're getting him at 10. Um, might be a little bit high, but, um, you know, I think a very solid prospect. He's going to come in um, and fill one of those holes that the Eagles need. Um, and, and is going to keep them in that contention for the Super Bowl. So, Miles Murphy to the Eagles at 10. I find your lack of faith in Howie's draft evaluation disturbing. All right, at 10, the Eagles will take. I got another trade. All right, uh, I think the tr- Eagles will move, are going to make a trade with the Patriots. They're going to swap picks and maybe get like a fourth out of Bill. They're going to move back to 14 because who the Eagles want will be available at 14. I have the Patriots trading up to jump the Titans and Texans and Jets to go get out of the University of Northwestern. Peter Skronsky, left tackle. Dude is a monster human being. I think this fits. the. He's a smart dude, too, which smart offensive linemen are Bill's MO. Listen, if they're going to make this work, this is all basing on also if they have this pick because if the hop thing doesn't go through, so I, I don't think I don't think they'll get a first for Hop. I think it's going to be a second for Hop. So I think they'll still have this pick. I think they're going to want to keep um, um, uh, Mac upright as possible. So I love this pick here. Eagles trade back to fourteen. Maddie, I mean that is pretty much on par because Bill loves offensive linemen in the first round too. But um, I have the Eagles addressing the defensive back need. I know they have James Bradbury and Darius Slade back, but they lost Mike Ep- Marcus Epps. That's the actor. They lost Marcus Epps and they lost CJ Gardner Johnson. So I have Brian ba- Branch to fill in that voided safety role from Bama. So give me Brian Branch to the Philadelphia Eagles at number 10. You already look like you have a lot to say about this. No, I'm, I'm thinking in my head right now. Mace, Titans are on the clock. All right, 11, Tennessee. Uh, I've got Peter Skronsky going here. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, one of their needs is tackle. Uh, He's the best tackle prospect. You know, I don't think they overthink this and try and go receiver because, um, you know, the, the, the the bigger question for them is QB. 
um, which they're not going to solve this year, unfortunately. But uh, that's that's a huge issue for them. So no reason to go get um, a premier receiver at the 11 spot when you don't even have a serviceable quarterback on your team. So they go Skronsky out of Northwestern um, at 11. All right. So, Matt, for the record, um, if the Eagles were going to take this pick, the only guy I'd see them taking this high, if he's still available, would be like, I'd say Jalen Carter. If he's not there, they're moving back. But the Titans, I have Mr. Nicotine, Mr. Smoking Sigs after sprints, packing a lipper during practice. Uh, I have the Titans starting to restart their offense a little bit. I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to try to make this thing work with um, either Tannehill or um, uh, Malik Malik, um, Willis. The other issue is is they also are my sleeper team to go get Hinton Hooker or the kid out of Stanford, uh, whose name escapes me right now. But I can see them going to get a quarterback in the third, fourth, fifth round, whatever. But right now I see them going to get a receiver. They need one desperately to help out on offense to keep some uh, space away from ja- um, from um, Traylon Burks. I haven't taken Jackson Smith and Jigma. As much as I would love to see they should take Big Q, I think they're going to take the guy who fits more of their MO. They need guys who can get open quick and get open fast and be like security blanket. So that's JSN right there. Maddie, Titans. Uh, I have my second offensive tackle coming off the board at number 11 to the Titans. I have Paris Johnson going there. Um, I agree with you. I think they're going to, at least for the first round, they're going to make it work with Malik Willis or Ryan Daniel, whoever it is. I think they could wait on a quarterback they really want to wait for Hendon Hooker in the second round. But I think right now they're going to focus on adding some more protection for Derrick Henry and for the quarterback they're going to have for this season. So I have Paris Johnson at 11. Nice. All right, Mace, 13, uh, 12 to the Texans. Who are the Texans taking to help out either Bryce or CJ? Sorry. Uh, so I've got him <laughs> taking Quentin Johnson here. Johnston, sorry. Quentin Johnston there you out go. of TCU here. Um, best receiver in this class, uh, 6'4", 215. He can also move really well. He's fast. Um Kind of just what the Texans need, man. Uh, they they do not really have a WR1. And I think this solves, you know, a lot of problems for them. And uh, they get the best receiver in the class at 12. All right. So mine is oh, – says this one – I was looking at my 13, sorry. Um, at 12, I have the Tennessee Tex- – the, ten- uh, the Houston Texans taking big Q. Q Johnson, baby. I think he's the best receiver in the class, like Mace said. Mace, you said Q Johnson, right? I'm like, my brain just shut off. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Like, I I think I had just like a momentary clarity of like zone out. Um, Big Q is the boy, man. He's AJ Brown with dreads and about three inches taller. He is a little Mike Evans, a little Vincent Jackson. He's just a big physical freak who does everything right. He's the best receiver in this class. JSN has the bigger name. But I think Johnson really proved himself, and on tape, he's just a freak, and I think it will definitely help along with Nico Collins, John Mechie, and the boys. I think Houston, honestly, could actually have a pretty decent offense. All right, Maddie, finish up Houston, then we're head to the land of Woody Johnsons. 
I have the Texans sticking offensive for the entire first round. I think they're going to pair up uh, Bryce Young with Quentin Johnston this pick as well. Um, big receiver. I'm hoping the best for John Mechie and his health, but add him with Mechie, add him with Nico Collins. I think that's going to be a pretty solid receiver core or receiver trio for, for Bryce Young. Um, so give me Quentin Johnson. Uh, my opinion, the best uh, wide receiver in this draft going first in the draft to the Texans at 12. All right. Mace, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets at 13. Uh, So I've got them taking Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. He's, I think, consensus just kind of the second best tackle in this draft. Um, You know, can't can't say much other than that. Uh, The Jets, the Jets need help on the line and and this kind of solves a problem for him. So. Uh, they get a really solid prospect out of Ohio State at 13. I'm gonna laugh. You're gonna laugh here because I have Paris Johnson as well. But then I realized that, unfortunately, there's another thing that's happening right now with the Jets organization. They kind of have to address. So, unfortunately, at 13, the Jets will not have any shot to take Paris Johnson because. That pick's going to belong to the Green Bay Packers because of the Aaron Rodgers trade. Um, The Packers, to spite Aaron even more, will draft Zay Flowers at 13 just to be Jack. One, because it would be ironic as hell, the Packers finally draft a receiver in the first round. Two, he's a perfect complement to Christian Watson after losing Alan Lazard to help Jordan Love. And three, they already have a decent O-line. I could see them also taking Paris Johnson here. So I have a slash between the two of them because I could see the Packers just saying, hey, David Bakhtiari, we love you. We'll put Johnson at the right for now, but we know you're 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 uh, you're limited. But, yeah, that's uh, my thing with the uh, Jets-Packers issue. Uh, Matty, who you're Jets taking at 13 if they still have the pick? Uh, well, if they don't have the pick, I can promise you it's not going to agree they will take a second and they will enjoy themselves. Um, so the Jets at 13, if they do hold that pick, I believe are going to go offensive tackle. I think they're going to take the best one available, which is going to be Broderick Jones, in my opinion, from Georgia. Because um, I have Paris Johnson going to Tennessee and Skronsky going to the Falcons. But um, the Jets have a big need with offensive line. Um, they're looking to, they're looking at Ben Jones as center. Currently, they don't have a center on there, but they're good at guard. Um um, and they have Mekhi Becton and Dwayne Brown at left tackle. Hopefully one of them is going to be healthy to go at left tackle. But the biggest need right now is right tackle. So I think they take Broderick Jones here, place him at right, and they whoever is going to be healthy at the left one right now. A lot of shifting around. I bet you is going to happen out of that line. But give me Broderick Jones at 13. There you go. All right, Mace. 14. Who are your Patriots taking? Uh, so I've got him taking Smith and Jigba. Um I prefer him to Jordan Addison, personally. Um, some people prefer one to the other. Uh, I still feel like the Patriots are still going to go get a true WR1, um, whether that's Hopkins, whether that's Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. They're going to go get someone else. Um, and Smith and Jigbo can come in and kind of be that WR2 uh, player for them. Um, I don't think there's anything else to say. I mean, this dude is very good. Um, you know, some people don't like the, the whole sitting out of the playoff, but it doesn't matter to me if he can play for my team. 
That's all that matters. Uh, so I've got my Patriots taking JSN here with the 14th pick. All right. Um, I, of course, have my Eagles in this position. So I have three things circled because I'm a fucking neuro. I'm, a, I'm an idiot, and I freaking my brain moves through those miles an hour. One, I have the Eagles tri- taking Brian Branch at 14. Best safety in the draft. He fits the Eagles' M.O., I am not sold on Terrell Edmonds. Also, the Eagles were like running a three-safety set anyway, so it would be Edmonds, uh, Blankenship, and Branch. The other thing I have them doing is because it's Howie and he collects edge rushers like they're like novelty toys, he might draft Nolan Smith because he's a freak. Or they go and trade this pick for Kevin Byard to the Texans, the Titans, because, hey, 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 Tennessee, you get the 14th pick back after giving it to us the year before. So there you go. Um, or sorry, you get a t- pick in the teens for something for a player of yours. But yeah, it's either going to be Kevin Byard, Brian Branch, or Nolan Smith. The problem is with the Eagles, it's Howie. It's Howie. Like that's all I can say. He is like his. He's he's that GM where you're just like Russian roulette. What he's going to do? All right, Mace. Oh no, sorry, Maddie. What are the Pats doing at 14? As my brain starts shutting off because we're two picks away. The Patriots are going to finally help out Mac Jones because I believe they are going to endorse him for this year back, and they're going to get him a receiver. They are going to give him Jackson Smith and Jigma out of Ohio State. They're going to pair him up with Juju Smith-Schuster and Kendrick Bourne um, and give Mac Jones another weapon to work with. Um, I might be in the minority, but I, I really don't think there's anything too wrong with Mac Jones. I think you got to kind of cut the kids some slack when you give him an offensive coordinator to call offensive plays. Um, so I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with them. Two years ago as a rookie, he brought them to the playoffs. So I'm going to give them Jackson Smith and Jigba to add to that offensive weapons for him. Great call, Matt. <laughs> All right. Uh, 15. This is Green Bay at the moment. Um, I think regardless of who is quarterbacking for them, um, next season, they go wide receiver here. I have them taking Jordan Addison out of USC. Uh, for two seasons now, this kid has been, you know, I think in a lot of people's eyes, the best receiver in America. Um, extremely, extremely talented, six foot, 175, a little bit on the smaller side, but, um, you know, I have his comp here as Devontae Smith for the Eagles. Uh, I think that's, you know, about as accurate as you're going to get. Um, oh, yeah. So they, they, you know, after especially losing Lazard, um, go get a guy who is, um, you know, a very solid option other than Christian Watson. So uh, Jordan Addison to the pack at 15. All right. I have the Packers taking Brian Breezy out of Clemson. Um, they, of course, traded with the Jets already to get that first pick and they took a receiver. Now they start shoring up that run defense to keep the opposing offense off the field to allow Jordan Love to make plays. My other pick here was they take Paris Johnson if he falls this far, if the Packers end up taking um, the quarterback. I have slash Brian Breezy, Paris Johnson. I am going to pick one for we go on Instagram to show this. I am just being me and being indecisive. But yeah, Brian Breezy is where I thought initially stop the run, get this going. But if for some reason Paris Johnson's still there at 15, he's not getting farther than that. Matt, 15, Packers. Go. 
I think uh, I think Green Bay spites Aaron Rodgers just one more time after not trading him in the first round of this draft and just gives him another defensive player in the first round. So I, re- I originally had somebody different for this pick. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to have them take Miles Murphy um, instead of who I had originally. Um, and I... Th- Matt, you muted yourself. No, I'm not muted. We couldn't hear you for the last 30 seconds. That's why I stopped your timer. Oh, man. What did you hear last? Miles Murphy. Did you hear anything? All right, yeah. We'll just stick with that. Miles Murphy's going to Green Bay. All right, Mace. Your last pick of this selection... Who's going at 16 to the Washington Commanders? We Alrighty, Commanders. Uh, yeah, Washington here. Um, this is another one of those teams, man, where it's like they could take a player at almost any position and it would be an upgrade um, to what they currently hmm. have. Um, so I have them taking Devin Witherspoon. As I said pre-show, I mentioned it. Um, and a lot of the power rankings that I was seeing that just kind of ranked all prospects for this draft, regardless of, of position, I mean, almost every single one I saw had this dude top five, you know, no sort of position uh, filter. Um, Jared, you know, I know you like him a lot. He's very talented. He plays hard-nosed football. He's a physical back um, and, and that's what you want, man. Um, you know, you want these guys to come out of school and, you know, be ready for that NFL level type play. Uh, so I think they get a really, I mean, I think for some people, they would say this guy's probably the best corner in this draft. Um, so they get him at 16, which is a, a massive steal. So Witherspoon to the commanders at 16 is who I have. I like that. I think the problem is is that the Washington Commanders look at this and they're like, okay, we need to tackle most off. So they want their guy out of Oklahoma or whatever, right? So unfortunately for them, <laughs> I also don't think I also don't think Witherspoon slides this far. Oh, I just, don't, as, I a, don't just as a you know, side note. It's the same way I looked at uh um Johnson. I didn't think he was going to go that far. That's why I right. said the Packers are not going to take my are not going to take Breezy if Paris Johnson's sitting there. That's right. just stupid. Or some team's going to trade up and snag him. Um, I have the Detroit Lions moving up four more four spots. They, we saw last year they don't give a shit. They're aggressive. They're going to take Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. They need their number two corner to go with uh, Jeff Kuda. They just lost their quarter cornerback to the Giants, who I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. I know his initial are C-A. That's all I'm going to say. Because I can't pronounce that fucking name. I won't even attempt it. No disrespect to him. I just don't want to sound like a jackass. So, they lost him to the Giants. Giants fans are acting like he's James Bradbury 2.0. Pump the brakes, kids. Um, here's the kick. Here's the kicker. Joey, like, like you said, Mace, he's your favorite corner in this draft. He's my third favorite. Or fourth favorite. I like Keely Ringo. I love how he's dropping in draft boards. But all I see on tape is that dude's a dog. But uh, Joey Porter Jr. fits Dan Campbell's mantra it's a match made in hell for opposing wide receivers you either get a kuda speed or you get porter's physicality you, you take your pick 
second for me, uh, I have the Commanders taking Joey Porter, so I have them staying at their pick, and I have them taking Joey Porter Jr. Um, like Mason was saying, I, every position on that roster, whoever they draft, is going to be an upgrade. Um, it's tough to pick one in particular that they need the most. Um, I'm pretty convinced that the Commanders are sold on just not fixing the quarterback position. Um, so I've already got them set because why would they fix it when they have they just they just don't. So I got them taking a corner at 16. I think it's gonna be Joey Porter Jr. for me. This is when my cornerbacks start coming off the board. I love all this, boys. I do. Um, great job, great job with all of this uh, mock draft. Of course, if you want to see all of our picks. We will release them tomorrow. I of course will rewrite my shit fuck clusterfuck of a draft. If you, I will post, I will narrow it down to what I actually think is going to happen. To be honest, it's at 14. I have the Eagles taking Brian Branch. I don't think I might do slash trades for Kevin Byard because it's Howie, but I don't think the Nolan Smith, I think they're, they learned their lesson from like the Isaiah Simmons of the world and Montez Sweat, who took like three years to develop. Apparently, also Montez Sweat's on the move. That's happening now. Um, also, anybody else thinking maybe Austin Eckler gets moved? Drafting? Well, yes, that's that comes later in my Ooh. in my uh, my mock, but I do have the uh, the Chargers taking a a, a running back um, at the twenty first. I'm guessing pick. his initials are BR. Yeah. Even though that isn't their mo, they'd probably just wait until the third round and draft like the they kid take the him. next Austin Eckler. Yeah, t- yeah, and then they'd waste his talent again. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's the Chargers, guys. The Chargers will always Charger. All right, fellas, great job. Uh, folks, we appreciate you stopping by today. Um, yeah, that was a great show. Uh, appreciate you. Shout out to our sponsors, the ones we listed off today. And, of course, the two that we did not. We love you dearly. Eatsofficial.com, promo code CORNERBOOTH, 10% off. And our great friends at Candidips, promo code BILLYUP20 for 20% off. Listen, folks. They've got a bunch of new flavors always in rotation. You can't beat it. Um, anything else, fellas, before we roll out and we see you on Thursday? I got nothing. I got All nothing, right. man. Next week, we'll have offensive and defensive interior linemen, tackles, and tight ends. It's going to be a big draft promo show. Um, and, yeah. Enjoy, We're getting close enjoy. to the draft, man. I know. Only We're a, a couple weeks out. away. I know. And then the week after that, we're doing linebackers and edge guys and then defensive backs. And oh, look, kids, draft week. We do our mock draft uh, 2.0. Oh, also, next week, we're also doing our round, our second back half. End. Yeah. Also, because next week, we'll have the final four that night. So we're going to. Oh, God. Next week's fucking nightmare. We might have to do. We have to, like, figure out how to do this right. Either way, folks, appreciate us stopping by. Um, yeah. Enjoy the week. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.